0: Whenever you want to... Hello, everybody! Welcome to another episode of the Charge Shot Gamescast. I'm your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Seekin, and I decide when we go live, even though I'm not in the master control room. Joining me is the man who is in the master control room, Justin. I am the one who controls. I was trying. I was going to make a masturbator
1: joke, and I was like, "There's, there, there's no way to make that work. So I just stopped halfway through. No, there
0: isn't. Right. And joining us is my Paul Bearer for today, Tyler.
2: Oh here comes the Undertaker.
0: What?
3: <laughs> You'll hear it on Sorry, the uh, episode.
0: Yeah, he Discord for for those of you who are not listening to this live, uh, which you can catch live at twitch.tv it says Zero Score every Monday night, a little after seven PM Central Standard Time, he was making a Paul Bear reference, but Discord cut him out for some fucking reason. Damn. Oh. So I hate when that happens. So, there you go. Ha ha ha! This guy. Oh
1: yes. Oh, see that works. But when I do it, I get cast. cut out. I, I think you have some kind it. of noise gate on, and so it was like it wasn't recognizing you. Um, what? Probably.
0: I don't understand that reference though. He
3: has a really uh, high. You will voice.
0: have to listen. You will have to listen to the Death of Superman uh, episode that we recorded earlier today that will be out later this. Week. That is that is the okay. reference. Guns. Cross branding, people, cross branding to get the jokes. You gotta watch you gotta listen to both programs, to understand my references. That's how I'm rolling now, that's how I'm doing this. But we are not cinema shot. We are the Charshot Gamescast. Games Cast. We are the we are a v- weekly video game podcast dedicated to the games we've been playing and the news we've been reading. Unfortunately the news is a little light this week, except for one big Nintendo Direct. But let's get started. Uh Justin You're out, buddy. Okay. I thought you were gonna like lead me in or something, but I get no. I guess we're just... I was, but I couldn't remember if you'd beaten a thing or something. i beat a thing or something. Um, so... Yeah, I couldn't remember. <laughs> so,
1: I actually have played quite a bit this week. Um, after after Ben was gushing about it last week, I decided to jump back into Axiom Verge 2. And I think I just needed a little bit of time away from it. Because I came back into it, and like everything started clicking again. Um and I think part of it was like I just I realized there was things I could do that like I wasn't paying attention to as far as like you know the fast travel system for example was a huge game changer in like cutting down on all the backtracking I was doing because there's you can basically travel to any save point that you've opened up um so like instead of running all the way across the map and unlocking everything as I go I could just like check what was around each save point and then move on to the next one um because you don't have to be at a save point to travel somewhere you can travel from anywhere uh and then the dimension shifting mechanic was also kind of throwing me off um like the fact that it's it's kind of hard to tell where you can come back from the other place but i don't know something like i, th- I think what it was again it's map related um, I didn't realize that you can toggle back and forth between the two different dimensions, like, on your map screen. So I was just... Really? Yeah. Did you not
0: realize that either? See, I didn't want to say... Th- I oh. knew that, but I didn't want to tell you anything to make you feel no. like an idiot. I like making you feel like an idiot sometimes, but in this case, I'm like, mm, maybe he knows and he's just no. not telling
1: me. So, yeah, you can you can switch back and forth. And, like, they are overlaid on each other. So basically, like, if a you know if a rectangle is um, in one world, and it's not in the other, you could probably teleport from that square into the other dimension in that same spot to, like, open up the next part of the map. Um, Not always, but a lot of the time. And Because I ended up with, like, 98% map completion. I beat it. I don't know if I said that up front, but I beat Axie Verge 2. I ended up with, like, 98% map completion, and I did not fill in everything. So I... That's not bad on a first I know. run. Um, I didn't get 90, 98% item collection. I got like 84 or something like that, which still isn't bad.
0: Yeah, no, that's... But I was, again, I was very curious. determined that's
1: because of like the ease of fast travel and stuff. I could just jump over somewhere, see if there were items there and and then move on. But the way they do it with like kind of... Y- you have to teleport in specific spots on the, on the map tile you're on. Uh, because there might just be, like, a hole cut out. So, like, it's, you know, middle of a mountain. Like, you can't get into it from anywhere. So, you have to change dimensions. Find that spot again. And then, like, find the exact spot on that map that's, like, open, basically. And then dimension shift, and you'll be inside of the hole in that mountain that has an item in it. And that's the only way to access it. You, there's like there's no item to break the wall or anything like that like it's literally just an item inside of a hole in a mountain um so some of that stuff is kind of tricky especially since there's no like item indicators or anything on the screen i kind of thought maybe at some point i would get some kind of like upgrade that just you know pings everything on the map uh but at least it wasn't in the 84 percent of items i got <laughs> But yeah, the game turned out really good. Uh, I still don't think I like it as much as the first one. There's a lot of really cool things it does as far as like the items and stuff you get for traversal. Um, like Exploring the world feels really good. And honestly, I spent more time as the robot <laughs> by the end of the game just because like, you can get around so much easier and you don't really have to fight most enemies, so I never felt like I was too weak or anything. Um, I was just kind of... I was enjoying the... The ability to uh like fling around on cliffs and like, you know, hover across gaps and like he the, the robot version gets a lot more upgrades. Um and that stuff's all really cool. Like they definitely delve more into the robot side of things than the first game did. But there's something about that one and like the progression of it that just felt better. Like it felt more like a Metroidvania. Um Like the fact that you don't have to kill any of the bosses in this game feels weird Uh, aside from like you know the final boss (laughs) for example but I am almost certain in like the few bosses that you do have to fight you have basically like a a save point like in that map Um, I don't know for sure because I didn't actually die in the final boss because it was kind of easy but there was one early on at least that's like basically a scripted fight to teach you that you just kind of come back if you die. Um, and that's one of the only bosses you have to fight. And you just keep coming back. Like, it's it's the gimmick of the fight. But pretty much all the others, like... You can just skip right past them if you want. And if you do fight them, they're not generally that hard. They're, like... They're still the really cool designs. And like kind of screen space. Like, you know, they take up the whole screen. But... You pretty much just, like, change into bug form, get underneath them to where they can't, like, reach you to attack you, and then just pop, 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 pop on, like, every body part until it's destroyed. And all you get for any of the bosses is just uh, skill points that you use to upgrade abilities and stuff. And by the end, I didn't really feel like I needed them anymore. Because I had everything that I wanted to upgrade. All that was left really was, like damage output for uh uh indra's like melee weapons and like i said i never really played as her i kind of spent the whole time as the robot so like the robot skills were maxed out like halfway through (laughs) and everything else i was doing was just eh i've got the points i might as well put them in here so i never really felt much incentive to fight the bosses aside from just like completion and because they looked cool And that's, I think, a serious misstep for a game like this. Um, There's also, like, there's a few different melee and ranged weapons you get, but it never really feels like you need to switch them out or anything. It's just kind of like, you get a new one, and then you use that one. Um, It's -hmm. more of like an RPG system, rather than, like, each one kind of having their, you know, pros and cons, like in the more, like, the Castlevania games. Um it's kinda of just oh I got a new one, it's stronger, cool. And then you never touch the others again. Uh again, whereas the first game, like, it felt like a lot of the different guns you got were like situational. You have like your close range kind of shotgun looking thing, and then like your um like your shoots through enemies into you know other enemies in the background, or just like your charge beam. Um I missed a golden opportunity to say charge shot there, huh? Uh <laughs> no, you did, <laughs> buddy. Um. so yeah the I think the first game was just more my style it was more on the Metroid side of Metroidvania but it's still this was a very good game and I'm glad I saw it through because uh, there was some super cool stuff at the end there and like just the lore implications of like how it kind of sets things up for the first game while still also kind of leaving some like loose ends out there to you know possibly have another game in between the two or maybe pick one up, like, after the first game, but, like, brings back in elements from this one to kind of, like, explain some of the weirder things in the first one that didn't totally get explored. Like, it's, it's a cool universe, and I want to see more games in this world. Um, But yeah, anyway, aside from that, I, um... I... Got Kina Bridge of Spirits. Did I have that last? No, it came out last Tuesday. It wasn't out but it's okay. So yeah, yeah, I have played Kina Bridge of Spirits. It's been a it was a long week, man. Um and I thought it was Kenna. Is it Kina? I didn't have the sound up very high, but I think it's Kina. Okay. I'm pretty sure like the voice acting, they say Kina. Um anyway, I've put a few hours into it. Um I put out a little kind of first look video of like the first hour or so, which is a lot of tutorial stuff, but I just kind of wanted to give a tease of like the, you know, the atmosphere and stuff of the game without spoiling too much. So I hesitated to go any further and get into like deep gameplay that, you know, you might want to just play for yourself. But it is really cool. Uh, It's not quite as heavy on like the Zelda side of things as I thought it would be. I kind of figured it was more that type of thing where like, you know, you have equippable items and you, um, you swap them out for different puzzles. It's really more like you get an expanded arsenal as you go that are, you know, mapped to buttons. But there's not very many of them. You just kind of get them and they get upgraded with each, like, area you go to. Um, so, like, you start out with just your staff um, that obviously is your melee weapon, also can, like, kind of create a shield around you. And, um, I don't know if it's related, but allows you to control the little rot creatures, which are adorable and kind of act like Pikmin in this game, where you can, like, command them to do certain things, like lift objects for you, and move them around onto different pedestals and things like that. Uh, move blocks to give you access to somewhere you couldn't reach with just your jump, that kind of thing. Um, and then the rots can also, like, help you with attacks, they can kind of, like, stun enemies. So you can get in there and, like, get a few licks in while the enemy is, like, swatting them away. Um, and you, they also, like, kind of transform so you can uh, turn them into, like, a giant, what's called a rot hammer that just, like, smacks down and does a lot of damage. And they kind of, like, fly out, like, shotgun style and do some damage, like, you know, further back. Like, it's really cool. Um, the combat system is simple, but surprisingly challenging um you pretty much have one like action button that you just you know combo for damage and then like i said you have the rots uh that you build up a meter for as you do damage and you can use them to um like cleanse the enemies uh like basically clear out the the bad stuff in the area that's causing enemies to spawn kind of like okami style um or you can, uh, use the meter for, like, those abilities I mentioned, like the rot hammer. Um, and you can also, like, transform them into kind of like a, um, like a worm, like a, it, it, it evolves throughout the course of the game, so I hesitate to, what to call it, but it's just kind of like a, uh, mob of enemies, or of, uh, rot that, you can use to kind of like do uh more attacks so like there's a just kind of a spin um and then there's like a slam and it's not super good to use in combat because you essentially like you control yourself with the left stick and the the rots with the right stick so you lose control of the camera when you have them active it's really it's a really cool system for like some puzzles and stuff but for some reason they let you do it in combat and that i never feel like i need to um but, like, the enemies hit hard, and it's not always clear, like, how much damage they're going to do. Because, like, when your life meter goes down, um, like, you basically have one final hit where, like, no matter how much damage they did the last time, your life meter goes to kind of, like, a blinking red. And the next time you get hit, you'll die. Um, if you don't heal. So, like, you might not notice how much damage they've done to you, and then suddenly you're in the red. And it's like, okay, next, next hit will kill me. Like, at least I know that. Um, whereas, like, I kind of wish it was more of, like, kind of a heart system where you can see, like, oh, that one did, like, a quarter, you know, of a of a heart. Oh, that one did a whole heart worth of damage. Like, that kind of thing that's a little more clear visually uh, with how hard some of these enemies hit. Um, and I've read that if you play in, like, the hardest difficulty, some of them will just one-shot you. Like, you can't make mistakes. So, I'm struggling a little bit with the combat, um, just because I feel like they hit a little too hard and, um, there's not enough you can really do. Like, it's not like a Dark Souls type thing where you're like, uh, like kind of always on defense. It feels a little looser, like Zelda combat, but with kind of a, like, Dark Souls difficulty level. And it's a little at odds with it itself, but, um
3: so the game is basically telling you get good.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I'm not. Um and especially when like the enemies just kinda of pop up around you because they come out of like the corruption in the area. Um they can hit you from behind before you even know they're there. And that gets kind of annoying 'cause like they'll pop up behind you. So you don't you haven't like registered them yet and there's no radar or anything of enemies in the area. Um So anyway, Combat's hard, but I really like the game in general. It's beautiful. Um exploring the world is just satisfying and fun. And like there's some really cool kind of uh environmental platforming puzzles. Um without getting too deep into spoiler stuff. Um you get like a basically a bow upgrade for your staff pretty early on. So like your staff just kind of morphs into like a spirit bow. And um obviously it's used for ranged attacks. Uh, so you can like you know run around and kind of uh hit it hit it targets and stuff to open up um like secrets and get collectible like the i forget what it's called but there's like there's money and then there's like a like a spirit source that um fuels your skill tree um but yeah It also kind of has, like, a hookshot function, which I really like the way they use that. There's, like, certain kind of, like, flower points that, um, if you get close enough to them, like, the petals open up and it glows. And you can, like, aim your bow at it and shoot it. And it'll just, like, fling you across the gap over to where the, the flower is. And it makes for some really fun platforming sections when you're, like, you know, kind of double jumping up, grabbing a ledge, landing on there. Like, running around a little bit, you know, grappling across a gap, um, and then do a little bit of combat and some more jumping. Like, it's, it's really good. Um, it's also, like, it's a first game from a new studio that, like, previously just did animation. So, I mean, of course the game is pretty, but it's a strong showing, uh, for a new studio. Like, it's not super glitchy or anything. Um and at least on p s five like I've had no performance issues um like it's it's very well optimized and I recommend it to anyone that can find it um it's i guess it's currently p s five p s four and epic game store on p c um i don't know if yeah. it's coming elsewhere, but that's that's it right now probably will. um and also the rots are just adorable like I know they're called rot, so you wouldn't think they are adorable, but they are uh They have that like kind of cute little Pikmin quality, but they look more like Uh um, this isn't going to be flattering, but like furry minions, (laughs) Um, they've got like kind of the big eyes and the, you know, the cute, like round little bodies. Um, Wow. They have, uh, they have, they have cute little feet with toe beans and like. Whenever you find more of them, it's kind of like a um, like a Korok seed situation where you find them all over the place just for like solving puzzles and stuff. And the more you get, the stronger they get. Um, and there's like certain milestones where like they level up, and they're just adorable. Um, I I never get over like finding another one and like you know you tell them to go lift up a rock or whatever and another one is under there, and they, like, throw the rock out of the way and, like, have a little dance party with each other. It's very cute. Um, That does sound cute. So, then, um, going back to the Metroidvania side of things, uh, we will talk about it a little bit more later in the Nintendo Direct, but it already kind of leaked last week, so I'll just say I got the Castlevania Advance Collection, which is the, you know, three... Games that were on Game Boy Advance, as well as Dracula X, which I think
0: was Super Nintendo. Y.
3: Yeah, that was the Super Nintendo. Yeah,
0: one. super random. Yep. Yeah, I. Well, I mean, they got it. like I figured they think three games wasn't enough, so they just figured it's yeah, slap Rondo blood, uh, Dracula X on there, which is a fine game. It's it's just Until not you Rondo get to blood.
3: Again, with the Dracula boss that has like the platforms over the pit, and the boss is infinitely harder because of it.
0: Yeah, that's, like, the only downside. But, babe, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a fine Castlevania game. Yeah, that's
1: that's yeah. one of those I, like, put about five minutes into the first level, and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't really like traditional Castlevania. And then went back to the advanced ones. Um, but I I think I'd mentioned before that, like, I remember them being kind of, like, the first two at least, being kind of, like, glorified Game Boy Color games with kind of how ugly they are, and then, like, Aria of Sorrow being <laughs> amazing. Um, but I hadn't played any of them in quite a while. So, I just started with Circle, because it's the first one, Circle of the Moon. And I couldn't do it. Like, that game is hard. Uh, and again, you're going to say get good, whatever. Screw you. Um, <laughs> like, it is it is notably hard. Like, everyone has talked about how it's even harder than Symphony of the Night. Um, but it's also, like, newer, so it has more quality of life features. So, it's not so much, like frustrating in its, you know um in its datedness. It's more just like balanced to be more difficult. Um
3: it's basically the Mega Man Zero of these games, uh from what you're describing.
1: Kinda, yeah. So it is still the Metroidvania style where you have, you know, an actual like map of the castle that you're exploring and save points and, you know, items to pick up, like equipment to to find and upgrade, a level up system. It also has a really kind of interesting uh, magic system where you can combine um, cards that you pick up from enemies with, uh, like, attributes that you also pick up from enemies. So, like, you might pick up, like, a wind attribute card and then combine that with, like, the... I don't know, Ghost Monster? I I. I didn't get enough of them to really, like, make this up. But um, that will do, like, a specific, like, magic spell. Whereas, like, a different combination will do a different spell. And I assume each one of them is unique. Like, there's an insane amount of options there. Um, but you have to find them all first, which means a lot of grinding. And, like I said, the game's already hard, so it can get kind of tedious to grind out the enemies. But... Um, I started it off, it was really cool, like I said, I liked the the magic system and stuff. Um, and there's some nice quality of life features in this advanced collection, where, like, uh, it has the normal stuff of, like, save states and, you know, loading save states, and then, like, the, um, the different, like, screen modes. You can do, like, standard or pixel perfect, which looks, uh, the same, like, aspect ratio as the Game Boy Advance, obviously larger, um. And then there's just like a like a stretched widescreen mode. There's a CRT or not a CRT filter, but like a you know sprite filter.
0: I bet the, stre- the stretch the stretched widescreen mode looks it awful. does because those always look awful because they're just not built yeah. for that. Yeah.
1: Honestly, like because it's Game Boy Advance games, I'm just doing it on pixel perfect mode because that actually looks kind of good. Like I mean, the the art style on these GBA games is strong. Um, they look better than I remember them looking honestly. Uh, maybe I was actually just playing Game Boy Color Castlevania games? Did, did we get any of those? I don't know.
3: Yeah, there were there were a few Game Boy ones. Um, uh, they were basically the Classic-vanias, though. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. I don't... I don't know. I remember it looking They're worse. on the, uh, Castle... They're on the, uh, uh the first Castlevania collection. Uh, they're on mm. that. Um, second... First one's garbage, second one's actually pretty decent for a Game Boy okay. game. So, yeah. Anyway, um... All the
1: the behind-the-scenes stuff is really good, but it also has some just kind of, like, uh, better tracking options. So because there's, like, extra screen space on either side, they fill it with uh, kind of a reminder of recent items you've picked up um, to just help you track where you've been if you're, like, using a walkthrough or whatever. And then in this game specifically, whenever you find the different – whenever you hit an enemy, sorry, it'll, like, pop up a little thing on the side telling you whether or not you've gotten the card it has. And like it marks like the location of that card, so like whichever one you would get from them, basically uh and time you kill that enemy, it pops that screen back up of like you've already gotten the card it has, and it's this card um so there's some really cool stuff there, and so like I didn't mind grinding it so much, um but I got to the first save point, like fairly early on. And then I kept going for a while. Um, I think I I found like one or two upgrades. I don't remember. And never found another save spot. Um, And I stupidly like ran into a thing that got me killed. And it was at that moment that I realized that my only save up to that point was way back at the beginning. So maybe I could go through it again with like more, you know, uh, more liberal save states. But I just, I, I had the peace of mind that I'd be fine until I found the next save. And then, like, there's no merchants or anything in this game. So the only, um, like, items and stuff you get are pickups from enemies. So, again, more grinding. Because the only way to heal is either at a save station or potions. So without a merchant, the only potions you're getting are from enemies. Or, like, random pickups every now and then. Um, so, yeah, it's very unforgiving. And I looked online to see if there was, like, some just tips and tricks that might help me play the game better. And aside from just saying get good, um, the internet basically just said, like, this game is very hard. Like, be aware that it is hard and you will die a lot. And I was like, nope. All right. Moving on. <laughs> so I shifted over to Harmony of Dissonance, which is the second Game Boy Advance game. And the one I read is the weakest of the three. Um, and I actually found myself liking it a lot more. It is a very basic, like, Castlevania, like, modern, I should say, Castlevania game. Um, I mean, you have your map. You have two castles, technically, that you're exploring.
0: Yeah, I totally forgot.
1: You have your whip. You have magic. That's about it. Like, you don't get other weapons at any point, um, like some of the later games. You just have your whip. There's no cool card system like in Circle of the Moon. Um the only thing you really have are obviously the you know, the magic things you get, like the axe, the knife, the um the book. Like classic Castlevania things. And then you can mix that with uh elemental tombs that you pick up. Tomes, I guess. Sorry. Books. Um Tome Raider. Yeah. And those are those are all literally just elements. There's there's an ice one, there's a fire one, there's a wind one, like very basic elements um and each element can mix with each magic item to create its own magic effect kind of like uh kirby's dreamland 3 and like your you know your kirby powers with the animals um but that didn't feel nearly as good as the card system because like the only way to find the different weapons or the different magic is to hit specific, uh, like, candle spot that spawns that item. And... Cycle Yeah. And so they can't, like, tie that into level progression or anything because it's kind of random. Like... So it's basically, you just pick whichever one you... Like, whichever power you like the most and stick with that one. And then anytime you you hit a a candle that um, generates an item... If you walk over that thing, you take it and it swaps it out. So you have to like go back to the item you, you actually want and then like jump over the thing that you made spawn, um, which is kind of annoying sometimes, honestly. But that's not that big a deal. Like it's still, you know, ca- the Castlevania grind is still good. Um, the main problem I have with it is just the castle design is uninspired. Um, so I said there's kind of two castles and the maps basically overlay each other. So towards the beginning, you're just exploring randomly. Um, there's not a lot of upgrades in the game. You get basics like a slide ability, a double jump. Um, that's, honestly, those are the main ones I'm thinking of. Uh, you get like a
3: climb ladders faster, a
1: powerful um like rock breaker ability, uh, but it's something you actually equip for your whip. Which there's other things you can equip to it, so it's kind of annoying to have to swap that out rather than it just being mapped to a button. Um, But, yeah, there's a few different upgrades, but they're they're spread so far apart that you tend to just kind of go back and forth through the same sets of rooms over and over again. Um, And it is kind of like Symphony of the Night, where there's no clue as to where to go next or anything. The areas of the map aren't labeled in any way. Um, It's just blocks... So, like, wherever there's a door that, like, changes you over to a new area, like, there's no, you know, like, color indicator or anything that a door is there. So, it's not even very easy to look up a walkthrough of where to go, um, because it splits everything off into, like, areas. So, it's, like, Area 1, which is, like, the first part of the map you explore. But by the time you're, like, you know, backtracking into it, you don't know what Area 1 is anymore. (laughs) Um, And it gets even worse... When you find a random portal that, like, takes you to a different part of the map, um, but doesn't look like you went anywhere. And then you realize that you basically traveled into the other castle that's, like like I said, overlaid onto the first one. But you don't know that yet. You're just exploring. Um, so eventually, you end up, like, wrapping back to some of, like, mostly the doors are locked to get back to where you came from before. Um, again, you don't know they're locked until you find the door from the other side. And you can't go anywhere, but... Anyway, um... You explore a bunch more... Uh... Through the same rooms over and over again. Find a few more bosses that doesn't seem like you have to kill them, but I assume you do. Um... A lot of times it's just, like, a room behind them with, like, a life max up... Potion or whatever. Um, which, granted, is very useful, but... Nothing, like, progress gating or anything. Um... And... You eventually find a a character cutscene moment that explains to you that it's two castles um, that kind of, like, exist together, but, like, phased out from each other, like Metroid Prime 2, kind of. Um, And then it shows you the map overlaid with both castles in different colors. But that's when you start basically, like, going back over areas you've already been in one castle in the other castle. So you basically have three maps to switch between those castle a castle B and then castle a and B that shows you like both colors like overlaid on each other. Um, So you can kind of like match up, you know, where you need to go based on where you've been in the other castle. So you know that that place exists in this castle too. You just don't necessarily know what's there. It's very confusing. And it's gotten to the point multiple times where I've tried to look up a guide But again, I can't find where I am to know where I need to go just based on, like, the information I'm given in the guide. Because each area has its own name.
3: You are here. It just points to the whole castle.
1: Each area has its own name, but, like, you only see the name when you enter that area. Like, it's not totally clear what each area is named just by looking at the map or anything. It's not like it's labeled Guteria, Brinstar, Norfair. Like, it's a very generic looking map Um, so like I'm enjoying playing the game and I'm near the end I think Uh, it's not super long but I've spent so much more time like aimlessly exploring the same rooms looking for what like you know open room I can actually make progress in and which one is gated off and like just looks like all the others than I have like actually making progress (sighs) But I still like it. Um, I just, I'm just i kind of looking forward to beating it moving on to Aria of Sorrow. Who knows? Maybe I'll go back to Circle. Maybe I'll give it another chance and just spam the save state feature. I don't know. But yeah, that's mostly what I've been playing this week. Um, there's probably more, but I can't think right now. And I feel like I've used up my time and then some. So... I concede the floor. Are
0: you, are you okay? I expected Tyler to just pick up from there, but all right. Well, that I, sounds like you had a lot of I fun was, with Metroidvanias. I'm worried that you're gonna get you're gonna end up putting down. I'm expecting next week, or not next week, two weeks from now. Metroid Dread. Uh, I don't really want to play it because I played all these Metroidvanias. I'm fully expecting. That are you kidding right me? Now, because I think you're oh. I honestly kind of do because I think you're overloading yourself with Metroidvania's right now. Well, Kena's not yeah, a Metroidvania for one, um, so that's been a nice reprieve. No, but Axiom Verse, the Castlevania games, you just replayed some of the classic Metroid games. It's just like I don't know. I hope not. Prove me wrong, Justin. But sometimes you can get like, and then the thing you want comes out because I've had this happen to me. And like, oh fuck, I don't really want to play this right now.
1: No, I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna be all in. Blast I mean, Zero. for one, like I'm not gonna be you're able gonna... to obsess over it. Because Metroid Droid comes out on a holiday weekend for me. But we're actually, like, we've got some stuff to do. The fucking
0: holiday is October 8th? Uh,
1: no. It's the 11th. The Monday. After. Is, um.
0: Oh. Is Racist White Person fucking... Day. Columbus Day. I thought that was in September. Whatever. No. Okay, fine. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off Columbus.
1: Okay. So. The Harry Potter it's director? It's Indigenous People's Day. Let's, let's call it what it really is. Um, yeah, so yeah, anyway, I won't be able to like go hard in on it because I've got stuff to do that weekend. So like, I'm going to get my time with it, but like, I can't just sit down and like beat it in one day. Like I literally won't be able to. So I've just been trying to get my, um, my fill of other games in the meantime, because I need to scratch that itch.
0: And it's still an itch. Trust me. Okay. Prove me wrong. Tyler, what have you been up to?
3: Uh, For one thing, uh, if you all remember uh, the topic of last week's episode where we talked about uh, franchises that we wanted to be turned to RPG games, I mentioned that I wanted to see a Power Rangers-inspired RPG. And turns out, someone actually already made that because right before we ended that show, uh, Lowe, a.k.a. Near to Hero uh dm me on twitter uh showing me this page on a game on steam it's called chroma squad and it's basically uh it's basically you play as a uh, five stuntmen oh, yeah. that quit their job in a sentai show and make their own super sentai inspired show and it's an entire rpg where you fight as five superheroes uh against all these uh actors i think uh yeah they're all actors uh this is all a movie set or a tv set rather and uh the weapons that you equip are basically just like props uh like they go out of the way to say that these are like toy props like there's a there's a cardboard sword there's a plastic gun uh that actually shoots bullets in battle um i think there's also a helmet where the description says uh your mom made this with love <laughs> And, uh, I played for a bit after uh, we finished recording, and, uh, yeah, this game's pretty fun, actually. Like, uh, all the episodes are split into seasons. Uh, I got through the first season, uh, which ended with the giant robot battle, uh, which was pretty much just a glorified QTE event, but the game before it, with, uh, the actual ranger combat, is actually pretty solid. Like, you have five rangers. Uh, one is going to be your main attacker. Another is like a saboteur. There's a healer. There's one that uh, pretty much focuses on hard hits. And another that just focuses on speed. And you can make them any color you want to. And you can hire different actors to portray them. <laughs> like they all have uh, different budgets that you pay them. Because this goes on like a budget thing. Like the actual Power Ranger show does.
1: Um, so are their skills different, different depending actors? on how much you pay them? Or is it like fake actors just for the visual?
3: Yeah, all the actors have, like, different skills. Uh, I think there's one that's literally just an alien dude. And, uh, he has, a uh, different inherent, uh, buffs and, uh, negatives, uh, depending on this other actor that may be more expensive or cheaper. And, uh, you can decide all that in the beginning of the game. And, uh... Yeah, go nuts with that. Uh, It's pretty cool. Um, So I've been having some fun with that. It's not super intuitive uh, at at the very start. Like, it does give you some tutorial stuff. But when you're in actual combat, there's a mechanic where uh, you either attack or you do, like, a superhero pose. Which pretty much either uh, buffs your other party members or makes them... um, move further up in the grid and what the game kind of doesn't tell you is that uh if you have uh the first four of uh, your squad mates uh do this uh pose maneuver uh when they're all clustered around an enemy and uh you have your fifth guy initiate an attack it does like a super move where all five rangers attack all at once Kind of like how uh, in Mighty Morphin, when they put all their weapons together and just shoot a big fuck you laser at the monster of the week. And it's pretty sick. Kind of learned that in, like, the final boss of the first season. But, yeah. Um, I'm enjoying my time with it. Uh, You have to mind uh, how much budget you have, because depending on how well you do in battles, um, you, you gain fans and... In turn, you also uh, gain a bigger budget, which you would have to spend on uh, stage sets that buff your stats, uh, crafting stuff, uh, and all that good stuff, you know. So, I played a bit of that, and um, the day after, um, I finished No More Heroes 3. And uh, I will say with pure confidence, out of all the games in the series, this is probably the most fun. Like, bar none. Like, the ending is super cool. I'm not going to spoil it, because Suda51 has this writing style, right, where you have no idea what's going to come next, but when it does come up, it's like, ah, fuck, man, I should have seen that coming. (laughs) But, yeah, the final boss is actually the best part of the game. Uh, It just takes a bit to get there, is all. And, uh... Won't exactly elaborate on that any further because it's spoiler territory. It's still relatively a new game. So I'll just move on to the other thing that I've been playing for most of the week. Uh, this is another game that, uh, that's a kind of an indie game that's been on my radar. Uh, I've been playing a whole bunch of Monster Sanctuary on the Nintendo Switch yeah. because I had gotten it on sale like a few weeks ago, and uh, I thought it was cool because I saw low streaming it for the past few weeks. It is cool. Yeah, it is. So the whole premise of uh, Monster Sanctuary is that you're basically a new monster rancher guy, and you have the choice of uh, picking one of four monster spirits as like your starter mon. And of course, I choose the fire line because fire is cool and lions are cool. Mm-hmm. How could I say no to that? And the battle system is really addicting. Like. You basically um, have uh, special moves that uh, eat up a bit of magic age. Uh, And when you defeat monsters in battle, uh, depending on how well you do, you have a chance to uh, get monster eggs of the dudes that you just beat in battle. Like, the very first thing you get is the blob, which is really good at dealing magic damage and uh, for healing purposes. And he kind of stayed on my party for quite a bit because... Those are really necessary in RPGs, but uh, you basically um, explore uh, the entire Sanctuary, which is a big giant map that you jump through. You gain new abilities when you collect new monsters, and you gain new inherent abilities, like there's a double jump, there's a underwear that makes you resistant to cold water, stuff like that. Um, I got a, I got pretty far in the game so far. Um, all my monsters have hit level 20, at least the ones in my main party. But I've gotten to the point where I kind of hit a wall. Like, there's a boss that for whatever reason I just can't get through. Maybe it's because uh, I don't have the necessary skills, or maybe I just chose the wrong ones altogether. Maybe I just don't have the right team set up. I don't know. Um I might have to consult with Lo on advice on how to get through this game efficiently. But, yeah, I am enjoying my time with it. It's just... I, It's just hard to get through, man. Uh, but when I'm not playing Monster Sanctuary, I've been uh, getting back into Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, specifically, I've been uh, practicing with what is considered the hardest character in the game, Zato 1. Uh, if you look at the character select screen... Um you you see the character difficulty um, based on a star rating. The easiest is five stars, the hardest is one. And of course, the one character in the entire roster uh, that has the one star rating, aka the hardest to use, is Zato because he's not just one dude, he's actually two. Uh, you he's He's basically the progenitor of the puppet character where you're controlling two characters at once. And his whole gimmick is you attack using uh, Eddie's shadow familiar named uh, Zato's shadow familiar named Eddie, who may or may not be named after the Iron Maiden mascot or Eddie Van Halen, but that's still up in the air. But anyway, Eddie is pretty much your best friend if you want to play a Zato, whether you want to or not, because the way you set up combos is. There's a special move that lets you control Eddie on the screen for a short amount of time. And uh, you do specific commands uh, that drain a bit of uh, the Eddie meter. And you can make him pretty much do combos behind the opponent, which is pretty much mix-up madness. Like, if you know how to use this character efficiently, it is extremely maddening for the opponent to guess the 50-50 mix-ups... In which case, they, they're they not even 50-50 mix-ups anymore. It's just the full, you're getting yeah. hit by this.
0: Yeah, you pretty, and considering Zato is not really used by a lot of people, a lot of what you do, you can get away with, because most people don't know, like, how, how do I how do I break that? At least most people you'll run into.
3: Yeah, it. the biggest hurdle is learning how to use Eddie efficiently, because Zato's move list, like, you can't use him on his own, because... Zato sucks on his own. You need to use Eddie to pretty much dish out the damage. But you're controlling him as well as Zato at the same time. So you pretty much have to split your attention between these two characters and how much you spend the Eddie meter on. And learning this new type of a mechanic, because when it comes to fighting games, I'm a bit more straightforward. I just like to push buttons and just do shit. Uh, soul bad guy all the way. But Do shit. learning this new style is actually kind of rewarding in its own way. I'm actually getting better at this, and I'm finding really cool shit with this character. It's it's super gratifying when you learn how to use puppet characters because they are not easy. Uh, I cannot recommend going straight into Guilty Gear Strive and just picking Zato from the start. Nah, just stick with like Mei or something and just spam Totsugeki's all day. And then you can go into Zato Waters. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for me.
0: Yeah, I, I get the same feeling for you. It's like when I played Rashid at the beginning of Street Fighter Five, And then, you know, about God, two years ago now, I, I switched over to Chun-Li. And, like, my game fucking got significantly better because I was able to, as I'm boring Justin, um, significantly increase... Uh, because I understood how to play footsies better because of, of spacing and everything like that. Nice. So uh, I'll be quick, Justin. Um I, hate feet. I only really played Axiom Verge this week. Um, footsies. Um, I'll, I only I only really played Axiom Verge this week because um, it, it was the only game that I could basically keep concentrated on besides the games I streamed. Uh, and, like, I... Unfortunately, I never... God, this, I'm going to sound like an asshole, but I never had the problems that Justin had i pretty much just kept exploring i figured okay eventually i'm gonna find out where to go and you know and and that was it and then i ended up finding things i probably shouldn't have found but it was really cool because like i don't know if i was supposed to find that grappling hook at the time i was supposed to find it but i fucking did um and everything just felt organic to me everything just felt natural and once i found the, the certain tools to be able to transport between dimensions a lot easier, the game kind of just really opened up. And uh, I guess to the point where you see a very familiar-looking thing from the first game, I'm like, oh mm-hmm. So, like, the lore stuff is there. It's really cool. I don't know how it connects, honestly, because I couldn't tell you the story from Axiom Verge 1, honestly. It's been so long. I'm
1: glad you found that because I was, like, I was this close to talking about it. And I was like, well, no, what if he hasn't seen it? Yeah. But it's so cool.
0: yeah. Yeah, I just got there, and the explanation uh, for day, it. So. And like, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, yeah, and I I was really surprised with the drone stuff. I was like, am I just gonna play as the drone for the most time? And no, you don't. Um, there's there's you get a replacement body, uh, later on, which I I like switching between them because I found that, I me personally, like, yeah, the drone can like you use the little grappling hook to get up faster. Uh, I found a little cheat where like I can jump with the with the at the human and then switch to the drone hover and then mm. grapple on. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's you know how it's supposed to work, but I just found little things like that. But I just love exploring this game. Um, I there's a lot of Metroidvania's out there, and a lot of them waste your time. A lot of them are simplistic, and they're not. You know, we've been over this, but I feel like. Um, Thomas Happ did a great job of like... Because it doesn't feel like I'm playing a Metroidvania. It yeah. really doesn't. It feels like more of like a open world 2D game, which is, is the best way I can explain it. Like, yeah, there are zones and it's structured that way, but it doesn't... F- like, you know what I mean? And I, I've grown to like the map more. I Everything about it. I actually think I like this one more than the first one. Because the first one was so damn cryptic. And what you needed, where you needed to go. Mm-hmm. The story was kind of like... Uh, creepy shit uh, and there's there's stuff in there but like i like how there you learn about more about whether you find texts are easier to find the the story while not important it's mostly about the main character finding her daughter it's in it, it, all simply being stuck in this weird dimension i like that in the background there's all this deep lore that's going on that you can choose to indulge in or not i don't know man like I could tell he wanted to make, and I could see why it took so long for this game to come out. He wanted to make something big and something expansive and something different. And I said this earlier. He could have easily have made something that was the same. You know, maybe new guns, maybe this or that. But he made something entirely different, a different beast altogether with similar trappings. Also, the music is fucking mm-hmm. awesome, especially in certain of uh, the breach zones. Like that doesn't get enough credit. Um, easily a game of the year contender. Like, I haven't even beaten it yet. I think I'm close to the end, but I'm not sure. I really don't want it to end. Um, I really don't want it to end. I'm trying to beat it before Dread, because I don't want to have this and Dread competing with each other. I want to go into Dread with, like, nothing and just let's fucking Same. go. So, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, I can honestly say, if you never played Axiom Verge 1, you can play this game no problem. There's no connection. There may be some little things you will notice, but it's really two separate things. Um, and they both offer different types of gameplay style. Uh, like I said, I, I do agree with Justin. He said last week that this is offering more of the Castlevania side, which I don't mind. I like that stuff. I love Symphony of the Night. So it's definitely more on that side. I, I like the upgrade system. It's simplistic, but I always get a little little giddy when I find <laughs> one of those little capsules to uh, power up. Like, ooh, yes. I didn't realize what they were doing. So at one point, I had like 20 <laughs> of them. Like, wait, what? And then I powered up everything. Um, so B being a dummy there. And then, like, everything made infinitely better. So, um, yeah, it's it's really fun. And it does – and again, uh, God, it's it, – it, he – it's fun when he clearly wanted to break things of the Metroidvania rules and he's, and he's making it work. I like what you said and about open now. world
1: 2D. Like, that kind of right. works because, like, it's not, like, kind of a – like a looping, you know, set of hallways and corridors and stuff. It's, it's literally... It's, orga-
0: it's, like, organic. Yeah,
1: it's it's more like a um, like a Link to the Past map, like, overworld map, but you, like, find it, you, like, you map
0: it out as you go, rather than it all being right, there exactly. and you have to go find out what each thing is. Exactly. Like there's still similar trappings to a Metroidvania, and more so in the the breach section is yeah. definitely more like the Metroidvania style. But the overworld, what you more mostly going to be going through, that's where it's like I feel like he had the most creative process with it. I mean, the breach stuff is really interesting and how to get in and out at certain perspectives. Like that's really fun. I also like there's no touch damage. Like there's no touch damage to enemies. Like as you said earlier, you don't have you can just run past enemies. Like, I don't want to deal with you. Bye. It's it's like that little stuff makes it. Much more fun. Versus Axiom Verge, every fucking corner was like, <sighs> fight for survival. And you had to kill them to move on. Versus here, it's like, nah, maybe I'll take a hit or two and I'm out of here. Bye. Or hack them and you're their allies or they give you. I don't use the hacking feature enough. And I forgot about like... it for most of the time. Yeah, and I feel like maybe that's like the only negative I have, but I feel like that's on me because like I there was this fucking ally I kept fighting, and I'm like fucking this disappearing ally, and you can hack it to make it disappear, make it your ally, or make it drop healing items, and I just never consider mm-hmm. that. It's just something that just I think it's just because it's so unconventional to what we're used to playing in this game. Like most of these games don't really offer you that option to take over your enemy. So I think. That's why we're not, it's just something we're not used to. But on replete playthroughs, I guarantee you, hacking is going to be like a huge thing. Um, I'm, yeah, uh, that's all I really talk about. I did play a little bit of, uh, Flynn, Son of Crimson, a little bit on the Xbox, uh, but I don't really talk about it too much other than, um, it looks beautiful. It definitely sets itself apart from most sprite based games that come out. Uh, and like, I feel, I, this might be a weird comparison, but I felt like I was playing like a, like a, version of Mickey's Castle of Illusion that got, like, reskinned. Because, like, the backgrounds just remind me of Mickey's Castle of Illusion on the Genesis. But just, like, really, like, a lot nicer. Mostly in, like, the forest backgrounds, uh, if you've ever seen that game from the Genesis days. Um, There is another game on Xbox Game Pass I probably... I'm going to try to talk about next week because I completely forgot it dropped. Uh, It's the Sable game Mm. uh, that's sort of Breath of the Wild inspired. Uh, I'm going to download that and see how that goes because... I remember that being interesting, but not sure how it was going to play. So I'll report back on that next week, or at least I'm going to try to. Um, but that's going to do it for the news, the gaming segment this time, guys. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it is time for the news. Hello everybody, welcome back. It is now time for the news segment of the Charger Gamescast. We don't have a lot of news this week, but we do have a beefy Nintendo Direct to go through, so we're going to speed through some of these early ones to get to that. Um, And that is according, got to talk about Titanfall 3, that probably isn't happening. Um, So Respawn is working on too many other games to develop Titanfall 3. Titanfall's community uh, coordinator Jason Garza says Respawn is unlikely to make Titanfall 3 or new continent for Titanfall 2, as the studio is working on too many other games at the moment, as reported by Dextero, Garza revealed on live stream that there was nothing in the works for the Titanfall series, saying, "There's nothing there. We've got too many other games in the works right now." Uh, Garza did clarify that Respawn is still investigating, uh, investigating major hacking vulnerabilities in Titanfall 2, which is plagued by security, uh, have been plagued by security concerns and hackers. Uh, Titanfall's V-Punt's first major, uh, franchise. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much they're not working on it. Even though there was a tweet that had said that we have not forgotten about Titanfall. Uh, stay tuned or something like that, according to the Respawn uh, Twitter account. So, who knows? Um, it's crazy, because I know Titanfall 1, when it debuted, it was like, which is, by the way, that was back in 2012. Or 2013, by the way. I want to remind you that it's been that long. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit, it's mechs. And Titanfall 1 kind of came out to a... Wah, wah, because of the whole only online thing. No real single player story. And Titanfall 2 comes out and it's like considered one of the best first person F- single player first person shooters. Along with a good multiplayer. I never played the multiplayer, but I can definitely vouch for the good single player. And this is from a person who doesn't like to play military shooters. And it seems like it, they, it's, it. I don't think it sold well because I think it came out the same week as like a Call of Duty and something in a Battlefield, didn't yeah. it? It came out like around big releases. It's pretty much just sent, kind of. Unfortunately, i hate to say the word, take the phrase, sent out to die, uh, in 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 layman's terms. Uh, do you guys think we'll see a Battlefield? Uh, not Battlefield Titanfall three because I feel like there's definitely more to explore with this franchise. I mean, eventually, sure, but maybe. Maybe EA just doesn't see it. I think like basically they're
1: saying there's no Titanfall being worked on right now, or there's no Titanfall three being worked on right now. But then like the other, you know, kind of the the damage control people on Twitter are trying to be like, we haven't forgotten the franchise. Like it's it the, the property is alive and well. Don't worry because they don't want to lose out on it's an apex right exactly like you can find Titanfall. technically Apex Legends is a spinoff of the Titanfall universe, so they don't want to like make people think that. Titanfall's dead or whatever, even if they're not actually working right. on a new game.
0: Right. Yeah. Unless Listen, they see it,
3: definite dollar signs, then there's really no guarantee. Honestly. Yeah.
0: Listen, if I can wait 25 years for Streets of Rage 4, you can wait like five or 10 years for Titanfall 3 or whatever the next Titanfall game. If is. I
1: can wait 19 um, years for Metroid Dread, you can wait a few more years exactly. for Titanfall 3.
0: Exactly, you know. Um, unfortunately, it is shitty about the whole online stuff. That needs to be fixed, yeah. like ASAP. Because Titanfall 2 um, still right, has a great was... community.
1: Like, a lot of people picked it up when yeah. it was super cheap because they heard the single player was great. So the multiplayer is actually yeah. still pretty active.
0: Yes, yeah, so it was like 5 bucks, yeah. And of course, it's on EA, EA Play, mm-hmm. which you have a Game Pass. So there's that that contingent, too. So yeah, it's, like, it's definitely a good game. If you haven't played Titanfall 2 yet, for whatever reason, uh, do it, because it's definitely one of the better... Uh, Military s mul- uh, first person shooters, um, and has a giant robot like mm-hmm. m- you know and embraces that shit. And he's great. Okay, he's got a personality. BT. All right, all right, we gotta talk Spider Man. Okay, Marvel's Avengers Spider Man DLC will have story and cutscene. I'm guessing Warf did Warf of Wakanda not have story? in No, it did. But people were thinking that because
1: Spider Man was Sony exclusive, it was just gonna be like a shadow drop of the character. Without real any, any fanfare or, like, original content. Oh. Because why would they put all that work in for something that's an exclusive? And honestly, I agree with that. Right. Like, why making it an exclusive if you're going to put so much work into it? Um, right. But, yeah.
0: Crystal Dynamics, the developer behind Marvel's Avengers, has confirmed that the PlayStation exclusive... God, so fucking stupid. Spider-Man's DLC will have story content and cutscenes when it makes its long way to debut... As spotted by uh, MP1ST, Chris and I senior producer, Dan Matlack, responds to a fan's question of the official Marvel Marvel's Avengers Discord that asks whether or not everyone's favorite webhead will come with his own storyline. Spider-Man is what we call an event, so he will have cutscenes in the story for sure. Matlack then went on to give, us, give fans a further glimpse of the game's first ever raid in which plays with Battle Claw, the primary villain of Marvel's avengers Last expansion War for Wakanda. As part of the discussion, Matt-like reassured fans that while Raid may feature some similar environments, it will be a unique experience. Um, yeah, and of course it goes into other stuff. So, like, I feel... I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to... You, you say something because I, you know my feelings about this yeah. game. It's been documented.
1: So they've said that Spider-Man's coming before the end of the year, um, which they don't have a lot of time to you know hype it up at this point, but... I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to time it with uh, No Way Home in December. Um, and I guess like what we've heard so far is that this Spider-Man is going to be more like fanboy, like young fanboy kind of, like you know Tom Holland Spider-Man for example. And I'm not so much a fan of that decision. I kind of wish they just would bring in the um, the established like Insomniac you Spider-Man have all for right, that. Right, exactly. Like bring in Yuri Lowenthal, like have him be like that Spider-Man crossed over. Um, yeah, be like, oh yeah, Miles has New York taken care of, so I'm here to help you guys out. Um, have him, have
0: him be a veteran Spider-Man. Yeah. Like that's so stupid. If that, if that's what they're going, that's that's dumb. right. But uh, yeah. the, the reason I say that is because I I s- s- feel like
1: they're really going to push the No Way Home connection with this Spider-Man. Maybe have him displaced from a different universe or something because they've kind of delved into that with like the tachyon riffs and whatnot um but they'll probably have an mcu costume for him because they just released the one for black panther which looks amazing by the way um so that's kind of what i'm guessing but ah it sure sounds like they're playing damage control here like i'm I love Avengers still. Like, I think it's super fun. But this comment of Spider-Man is what we call an event. So he will have cutscenes in the story for sure. Like, to me, that reads as... He's just, like, these other things, like the raid and the, um... The, like, Red Room event and things like that. Where it's not an expansion. It's an event. So maybe, like, themed missions where... Uh Spider Man's introduced, but it's not like a full story expansion or anything. It's gonna be pretty minimal. Right. Just to explain why he's there. Like,
0: at that point, why is it Sony exclusive mm-hmm. then? Like other than other than PlayStation pulling the power move on yeah. it.
1: Especially if it's not Sony's Spider Man like you know right. their IP's version of him.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, cause I would have figured, Hey, you got the Spider-Man, you're going to get Spider-Man. I figured it'd be similar. Maybe not as big as War for Wakanda. Cause like, that would be stupid to do that big of a expansion back that close. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, throwing have them have the Avengers fight. I don't know. The Sinister Six or some stupid shit like that. Do missions in New York city or New York state. I don't fucking know. Sinister Six is ambitious. Anymore. They don't even have six villains total. That's true. <laughs> You just beat the shit out of Doc Ock five times. There you go. That's it. actually Doc Ock would be a pretty fun fight. I mean, yeah, I get, yeah that would be fun. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, we'll have to see how it is. Um, if they do go with the naive Spider-Man, I feel like that's you just make it Kamala mm-hmm. Khan. Um, it's Marvel redundant because that's her role in the story. And gameplay-wise, you know, they're not going to play similarly, really, of course. But I don't know.
1: Like their banter together uh... would be fun, but. It's just two yeah. nerds nerding out about each other. You might as well
0: just use Miles at that yeah. point if you want to do the naive character. Like, have the two. have the, Like, get Miles then. Don't get Peter. Right. Plus, then you've got another uh, diversity character. Because yeah. Because it's looking but, real no, white it's... in that cast. Let's see. Well, I mean, look at the voice cast. Oh! Uh, <clears throat> uh, and I don't know. Is Kane the Conqueror a villain yet? Have they done him nope. yet? No. Well. I'll be there when Kang... I'll come back... I'll come... I will... Okay, I'm marking this right now. If they make Kang a villain in whatever fucking expansion, if this game doesn't get stopped, I will come back for that shit. Because I love me some Kang. Mm. Uh, Alright. It's on audio, so you can hold me to that. Okay. Let us move on to some Twitch news. Uh, We didn't cover this last week, but there was a... I just need to bring it up in context. There was a partnership in which... So Twitch and I, I think it was like the, the, the. I guess the authority of music licensing or whatever came to an agreement about it. And in short of summary, you can still get DMCA. It just won't be as hard to get it. To, it just you won't get like immediately. You won't lose everything immediately. So, but you you can't. They Twitch pretty much stresses that you still cannot play the music if you do not have the license. Which is like, what the fuck's the point then? It's it's giving creators tools to fight back at least. It's something. Yeah. Oh no, I did not re okay, so yeah. this story fuck you, Billboard. Yeah. I did not realize this. Uh I I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna rant for like a second. Um if you do this as a fucking website, you're scum. Information should be free. But basically Warner Music uh WMG is gonna be partnering with Twitch. Um I don't know how, because I can't read the fucking article. I should have looked, that's my fault. Um I don't know, this is probably elsewhere, but um i wish i should i wish i would have checked it um but as i look for other things here you go pr wire news okay got it um i'll i'll put the link in chat justin if you want to post it it's cool there we go all right there we are so um Warner Music uh, Group and Twitch announced a first-of-a-kind partnership that will see the companies launch various recording artist channels and create a standalone music space featuring premium music center programming. The innovative to deal marks Twitch's first partnership with a major recording record company, bringing us new ways to interact with music-related content on the service and granting artists a more direct connection with the fans. So this is pretty much just like a way to get like recording artists on streaming on Twitch. That's all. This is. This has nothing to do with streamers who want to use music for their streams.
3: Now, because I'm going to tell
0: you, yeah, I want. want to. I'm going to tell you right now. um, And I said this before. Nobody is going to a fucking Twitch stream to fucking listen to music. It's just that most streamers just use it for fucking ambiance or like an intro or an outro. That's it. They're not playing it for the entire fucking stream. And the music industry needs to stop being fucking greedy, like point blank. Like it's not. I guarantee you, most of the time, it's not the artists. It's the fucking record companies. These record labels that are they're, they're these dinosaurs of industry that's that they that they can't control anymore. Well, especially with things like Twitch sings gone, like there's
1: not really just music streams unless someone's doing like Beat right. Saber, but that's a special category and I think has its own, uh, its
0: own restrictions. Right, exactly. So it's it's weird. They really need to resolve this better. Not to mention the bot problems. They they partnered with the music shit before they fixed the bot yep. problem, which I got fucking bot followed like crazy the past two streams, and I fucking scared the yeah. show really. Um, yeah, both streams I got bot followed to turn off my alerts because I kept hearing it. It was it was really fucking annoying. Jeez. Um, I'm so scared of they that got, happening. They're not on my f- they're they're not on my follower list, so I think they get instant banned. But it's just like. It's just there on my dash. And I can't. I gotta fucking see those names, and it's fucking annoying. Um, so yeah, fucking fix that shit first. All right, let's talk about the main event, which is the surprise Nintendo Direct that actually fucking happened, where they fucking said it the day before or two days before, I think. Like Nintendo Direct, bitches. Um, and it's a forty-minute presentation of as they allegedly said for games coming out winner, which we turned out not to be Yeah, true. there were like two. Uh, at least Everything else was next year. Yikes. Yikes. So, um, we got the first one, um, which I'm just going to go ahead and say what they are as Justin plays yeah. them. Um, Monster Hunter Rise for the Nintendo Switch is getting its first expansion this summer. No set date, just summer 22. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. In addition, Monster Hunter Rise will be coming to PC this I think early next year and then it will simultaneously hit PC and Switch next year so if you've been waiting for Rise on PC it's coming and I guarantee you Rise already looks good on Switch I might be tempted to double fucking dip on PC for Rise but we're gonna have to see we're gonna have to see alright so so that's cool Uh, we got a new pick of a new monster um, but nothing much there after that, we have uh, a preview into Super Mario Party Superstars, or is it just Mario Party Superstars? I think, I think it was, yeah, it's okay. Mario, Party, it's Mario superstars. Party Superstars. All right, and then basically it goes over some boards. I think they said two, they showed off some uh, new boards. Well, they're all board, from the N sixty four games. Right, right. They showed off new boards that we haven't seen before in this definition. Correct. There's I mean. five total um, boards in do- the game,
1: which is a very low number. And they showed off two when they announced the game, and now this is the other three.
0: Yeah, they look nice. They look really nice. Um, and of course, similar to Super Mario Party, uh, this game is online with everything, so they finally fucking listened. Um, That's the only reason right. I want to get it. It's just because it's online. Yeah, then we get an announcement for this uh, interesting tabletop playing card game Um Voice of Cards, the Isle of Dragon Roars. I won't lie; the second I saw cards, I went. Mm-mm, as you guys know, I thought so. I'm, I, I was just like, mm-hmm, no, no cards. I don't want to deal with memories. the look of this. <laughs> I just not even chain of memories. Just I don't like. I don't like cards. I think I just got my ass kicked at Yu Gi Oh so many times. I just don't want to deal with card shit anymore. I get that.
1: Um, I'm curious about the system though, because they basically said like it's it's got some like D and D elements where you're rolling dice and like you have character sheets um like you basically you create your character using um like a preset number of cards you like pick which card you want your character to look like and then i think you like randomly pull cards to select your stats and stuff um and then you go through the game i need to play the demo but you go through the game And, like, you create your card deck by, like, landing on certain spots on the map and um, roll, like, depending on, you know, what your attack is or whatever. Um, And it's got some cool depth to the system that I'm curious about, even if I don't totally understand what they're trying to do with it. I don't know. I like card
0: games sometimes. I think they can be neat.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: I just don't want to... It's just I it's just the I suck at deck building and every single game I've played with deck building in it when it comes to actually playing the game it fucking sucks and I get my ass kicked because you have to have some knowledge of proper deck building and I'm yeah. just awful at it. No, I hate the deck uh, building in, in part. Games just... But I
1: like games that use cards and like the attributes of card games but like give you preset decks and kind of, you know, take
0: some of that guesswork out of it for you. All right. And next up, we uh we get a f- we finally get a release date for Disco Elysium, the final cut, coming to Nintendo Switch. It's coming digitally October twelfth. Uh, physical versions coming early next year. And if they're showing this is, I'm assuming this is Switch footage is showing. It actually looks like it's running pretty well. It looks really good. I really want to play this game. I've been hearing this game talked about like crazy, uh, for the better part of almost a year and a mm-hmm. half now, uh, just because it's been on PC for so long. So. Uh, part of me just says, Ben, just fucking buy it on PC now. You already fucking have the means to do it. Um, I think it's on Xbox. It's I, definitely I think inter- it's on Game Pass. It's not. I, I would have seen that shit by now. Um, I can I find out right I... now.
1: Hmm. I thought I saw it on there. Oops. Because I haven't really cared to play it, but I swore it was listed.
2: You
3: think uh, everything's on game next,
1: we have well, you looked that up. Next, we have uh, more information on the next expansion pack for High Warriors: Age
0: of Calamity. Um, no, it's just people wanting it. It's not. It's not on there. Huh. Okay. Um, yeah. Go ahead, because I didn't actually watch this. Part. Yeah. Yeah, High High Roll Warriors: Age of Calamity, which I just got through, burning through. Uh, it's This is basically the wave two trailer um and some story stuff but the most important thing is that we introduced um the new character cuz i thought they were going to be two separate characters but um uh who what are they listed as um Papura and Robbie are going to be playable uh new story battle for Kakariko village battle for Gopanga village new stages um and additional actions for existing characters um So, yeah, it's pretty much just wounding it up like that. I think everybody kind of assumed it would be Robbie and Pura. Uh, Pura is the small, tiny girl that you ran into in Breath of the Wild, and you get to see her there. They look really fun. This game is ridiculous. Again, if you want a Warriors game, you try Age of Calamity. It's it's definitely the most ease of access for a Warriors game. I like Robbie's, like, robot arms. It's really cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you unlock. And then we get... My fucking surprise and possibly one of my favorite things in this direct. I'm not gonna call it by its official name because fuck that. We get Final Fantasy Kart, of all things, um, which I was... The reason yeah. it's called Chocobo but,
1: GP is because it's technically a sequel to Chocobo Racing on the PS1. See,
0: I I understand that, but when I see it and I see. The, the themes I see the maps I see the, it's fucking it's fucking Final Fantasy Cart like Vivi and Steiner are playable it.
1: characters like yeah
0: <laughs> yeah just just call it Final Fantasy Cart and like let me buy like you know I'll pay I'll happily pay DLC for uh for other Final Fantasy s characters they don't even have to be like main protagonists no I'm um, a, I'm a Vivi main. it looks. Our it looks Gilgamesh. cute. Mm. It looks really nice. It's it'd be nice to have like another kart racer to compete with Mario Kart. I know Crash Team Racing's Crash CTRs out there, but fuck off. That has microtransactions now. <laughs> um They're not I want pl- to I want to play this game. It looks so absurd. I like the uh I think it was FuGama who said on your stream it has like a Diddy Kong Racing system, uh, system where like you can level up your items yeah. to level three, so you got fire, fire, and fire. So that's that's really cool. I want to get this next year, like, really hard. Oh, yeah, and I want to go hard. I want, I don't want to go hard in, but I want to play another kart racing game that's not just Mario Kart on my Switch. Yeah, we're gonna race. and yeah, right.
1: I, I like that it's exclusive because it's kind of one of those things where like they're not going to make a new Mario Kart, probably this console generation. So that is like supporting others and making them like you know we got crash we got now this and there was i think another racing game that came out
0: this sonic there's this oh yeah the sonic uh, one that's right nah i mean that one's not great nobody likes it but
1: i'm just saying like it's it's it's, uh, really allowing these other kart racers to thrive because i mean yeah mario kart 8 deluxe is still like the best-selling mario kart game like in the history of the series but because we're not probably getting another one like these can all kind of c- battle it out for what is the best, and I think this one actually has a lot of really cool, uh, like Mario Kart elements to it, like the visuals and stuff, like very on brand for Mario Kart, and it kind of feels like this is like the official uh, kind of you know Mario Kart crossover game for for this console generation. Um, right. It reminds me of Wii U when we got uh, Sonic Racing transformed before Mario Kart Eight came out. So it was like we don't need a Mario Kart now, and then Mario Kart 8 came out and it was amazing.
0: But I mean, that, that version <laughs> of Transform sucks. But okay, what? Why? Because it has the frame rate unstable. The PC versus is way better. Oh well, fair. I mean, I think it was an
1: exclusive but- when it came out though.
3: It was. Yeah, it was.
0: Was it for, for, for Wii U? Yeah, for oh. a little while.
3: Oh no, I think it was also on uh, 360 and uh, PC. Yeah, it wasn't. Or it or wasn't
0: or exclusive. It wasn't Maybe on PC. things? Sorry. Not maybe not, but it was con- it wasn't console exclusive. Okay, well. Uh there were certain races that were world. that were there were certain races that were console ex- that were console exclusive. Yeah. That's probably what you're thinking. That's true. Okay, moving on. Next up, we do not get a smash announcement, boys. We get a announcement of announcement, October fifth, the final Super Smash Brothers Ultimate presentation, which will reveal who the final fifth character is. Three, two, one, go! 2, the final? Who's the final character? Go, Justin. Oh. Uh, no uh, thinking. Frogger. Go, go, go. <laughs> J- uh, uh, Tyler, that's the first pick. 1, that came my one head. go.
3: It's going to be Sakurai himself.
0: Alright, and of course I'm going with Chun-Li because she's going to get in. Alright, that's it. So Got look there. forward to Nick's.
3: <laughs> I, I, I enjoy your optimism.
0: I can't get past the first character popped into my head being Frogger. <laughs> If it's, I mean, listen. If it's Chun Li, you're gonna hear me scream all the way from from uh, from Texas. Let's just say that much. All right. Next up, possibly the biggest announcement, yes. uh, and the and the and the reason for our discussion of at the end of this, Kirby is after 30 years, 30 plus years, I think, is making his official transition to 3D with Kirby Forgotten Worlds. As once again, Kirby fucking loves to loves post-apocalyptic uh, uh earth apparently um he loves yeah, turning a, dark a, like themes into cutesy games yeah well that's the whole kirby franchise It's just Kirk, pink thing versus eldritch gods yeah. um like it it's a kirby game in 3d i never thought i would see it it looks it looks really great i didn't think it was possible
1: to, to translate
0: his gameplay to full 3d I mean, it looks, it looks, it probably won't be, I'm curious to see what they do. Uh, cause at first I, I didn't think there were going to be, um, power-ups initially cause they weren't showing yeah. that at first. Uh, but there is, uh, you see the sword, you see uh, a couple of other things, um, Star cutter. I'm curious to seeing how, what else are going to do. Cause we see a couple levels. We see like this weird, like playroom, like neon area. All oh, the water level looks so good. Like everything just looks so much fun. I wanna play it now. I wanna play it. It now. seems like it kinda like shifts and, between like open three D
1: landscapes and kind of two point five D side scroller. Uh which makes sense. A little bit. But Yeah. Yeah, like I honestly I thought we'd never get a three D Kirby game because I feel like it would right. be similar to like, you know, putting Mega Man X in three D, which was awful in X seven. Um, yeah. because the, just the way that works with, like, how enemies are laid out and, like, how your, uh, like, your power-ups work and stuff, like, how do you translate that to, uh, kind of an area of effect type. But they show some really cool things where some weapons are still more, um, like, you know, line, like, and if you, if it's a if it's cutter that just goes in a straight line, but then there was, like, a giant needle power-up where he, like rolls around as a ball and like destroys things all around him and um Yeah. And then like they showed enemies still drop stars, but they're kind of in like a like a swath instead of just like one on each side of the enemy or whatever. Um Yeah.
0: And like I a lot of the this easily my, sorry. Um easily my most anticipated game of next yeah. year.
1: Yeah, it looks super cool. And a lot of the
0: environments are
1: um like it's it's collectibles hidden in nooks instead of, like, off of... Kind of, like, you know, fly up in the air and find it, like, off-screen or whatever. Right. It's it's clever. The only thing yeah, that kind of worries it's... me is it doesn't look great, like, performance-wise. But, I mean, neither did Dread at its first showing. So there's
0: time. I mean, it looked I look fine. I mean, maybe, like, some of the resolution wasn't great at points, but... Uh, listen, you nev- you can never, I'll say this to the day I die, you can never, for 98% of Kirby games, you can never go wrong. Because it, it may not be the most challenging thing you're going to play, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. And that's all I ask out of a Kirby game. Um, I do hope uh, they use this opportunity right. to make it harder, though.
1: Like, to retool the gameplay a little not. bit to cater to all ages. Because no. it does feel like they skew young.
0: They do. That's just that's Kirby. Kirby's always been more about enjoyment than say the challenge. Like there certain like the challenge is yeah, like doing is like for. like the uh, the boss rush stuff. That's the challenge stuff. That's where you like the the, the the actual stages are not. They're just like going through them or or figuring out how to things that's the challenge. Yeah. But going stage to stage, that's not the that's not the challenge. The 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 challenge in Kirby is different from what people most expect. Okay. okay uh after that uh that brief announcement we get another announcement of an announcement of an animal crossing direct coming sometime in october i don't believe they gave a date it doesn't look like they did it just says in october so which is good because all i hear is people bitching about animal crossing and how there's no new update there's no new content wah wah wah, wah, wah. maybe you shouldn't have put 800 hours into the first three weeks <laughs> jennifer maybe you should have fucking chilled. I don't know anybody named Jennifer who played Animal Crossing for eight hours, but you know who you are. There are a lot of people who fucking burned through this game within the first two months. It took me, like, nine months to fucking get tired of the game, and I feel like that's enough. And I come back to it sporadically.
1: Yeah. Jennifer. But at least this, like, they teased what the update is about, whereas Smash Bros. was literally just an announcement of an announcement.
0: Right, well, because the Smash Bros. season everything, then everything, that's it. They can't give anything away in nah. that.
3: That and I think uh, the Brewster stuff was uh, leaked beforehand, so they are probably just like, yeah, fuck it, we'll show you what it is. That's
0: true. Yeah, possibly. Alright, moving on. Uh, We got some game updates. Super Mario Golf uh, is getting an update as Koopa and Ninji are going to be playable characters. I hear people did not like this game at all. Um, That's all I kept hearing, is that it's just not nearly as fun as they wanted it to be. I guess Um, it's polished, it's just content light,
1: which... Has been Mario Golf since, like, the GameCube days.
0: Yeah. Uh, then we get, like, a Disney game, which, okay, sure, all ages, fine. yeah. Um, and then we get, which, the funniest thing ever, PlayStation has their showcase, Knights of the Old Republic for PS5. remake. And Nintendo Switch, two weeks later, Nintendo Switch, two weeks later, we get, uh... Kodor coming to nintendo switch which a lot of people like Kodor, and i guarantee you a lot of people are excited for Kodor because it's going to be portable for the first time in a legal sense it's co um, yeah I, I won't lie i will consider playing this version of Kodor if it runs if like obviously Same. it should run well on switch it's just a matter of being optimized for switch that's the thing um right. so like yeah that's I'm, I'm gonna play it. Um, it depends how much it is at launch, because I hear good things about Kotor. Like I hear it's like one of the best games ever. Um, if mechanically it may not have aged well, but you know sometimes you can just get through just bullet your headbutt through mechanics and go through things. Uh, after that, we get a trailer for uh, Dying Light Two, which is coming to Switch via the cloud version. So okay, more of that shit. Um, They're trying. You know how I feel about that. I guess, but if you can't fucking port it on the fu- if if Witcher three can fucking get on a cartridge, you're not you just don't want to put the effort into putting it on or, or that's it's, it's all it's all I'm gonna say. Buy your game that you don't actually own. Um, that's all I'm gonna say. Um, I mean, Dying Light one looks real fine. good. So there's that. Yeah, Dying, uh, that, uh, is it on Switch already, or did they announce this that it's coming to Switch? Um, uh, it says Dying Light Platinum Edition, so I think it's just co- it's coming. Yeah, it says That's
3: available one. October nineteenth.
0: Okay. Yeah, there it is. So it yeah, had to be able, called, you're gonna play the, Yeah, you're gonna be able to play the first Dying Light on Switch. I don't know why you would, but you're gonna be able to play it. Um and Dying Light two comes out February fourth, twenty twenty two. And then we get Project Triangle Strategy, or I guess it's just gonna be called Triangle Strategy. Yep. I love I love that this team is just like, all right. Here's the beta team. It may not be the name. Turns out to be the yeah. name every single time now. Well, I think that I was one of the questions game. in the survey. Was like, well, what do you think uh-huh. is a good name? And the people just said triangle yeah. strategy. It's a really, good I think it's name. a good name. Should... Um, uh, I still haven't played the demo from last time, mm. um, and I kind of want you just to just to try it. I just never did. Um, but basically this trailer was sort of going over, like, what the demo, what we listened to, what we didn't listen to, um, I can't, I can't wait to play, and it's launching March, I think, like, first, March 2nd, 2022, so that's two big games already coming out from Nintendo in Kirby and Triangle Strategy, which, fuck, that's, why? Um, but I will say, like, they addressed all of my complaints with
1: the demo. Um so like it's really nice to see that you know a, de- a developer put out a survey asking what do you want us to fix about our game and they actually did it like they listened and yeah. made the changes. Well they did
0: Well they did it with Octopath so unlike you know so like I I I wouldn't doubt it but that's good that they actually listened to the feedback um and stuff like that so I thought it was cool and I wish I played it made me want to play the demo to see what I was missing um, maybe they'll, they did this with Octopath, but they updated the fucking demo with the new stuff so you can t- you can test it mm. out. So I hope they do that at cool. some point. But if they don't, it's fine. Game comes out early next year anyways. All right, moving on to, uh, I think we're going to skip this part because it's just Metroid Dread stuff and I really don't want to see anything. Yeah. Metroid Dread. Um, so we're going to skip this part next. Um, the trailer is actually you know, what they already showed
1: before. Um, with the yeah. volume eight of the dread report or whatever, um yeah, so like it's not new content, but it is pretty spoilery,
0: yeah, yeah, but it's kudos on Nintendo for actually going all in yeah. on this fucking uh, on this there's been incredible marketing um, for this game, yeah, next up we have um uh, a new update to the switch online service that they're calling uh. Oh god, what was it called? Shit. Expansion. Um, there it's Switch Online expansion. plus Expansion. Plus Expansion. Yeah, and there we have been hearing conflicting reports they're going to add N64 games, they're going to add GameCube, Game, Game Boy games, N64, GameCube. Well, whoever got N64 picks right, and there in its 15 FPS frame rate, Ocarina of Time is playable on your Nintendo Switch, uh, along with Super Mario 64, which considering the All-Stars is right there that's a little i weird. mean but it's
1: um it'll
3: probably have the speed running glitch
1: yeah it's True. it's the actual like emulated version but also you know they stopped selling that game so you can
0: still buy it like you can, literally right now you can go to any walmart and fucking buy that game sure but you can only get it physical like it's delisted digital yeah that's don't you? That, you can still buy it, though. It's not like you can't. Buy I know. It. I'm just saying, like, not everywhere.
1: It. I mean, it, there's limited physical quality quantities
0: in the wild now. That's all I'm not, saying. Not not that limited. Not that limited. But like, like, I think bunches. Sin and
1: Punishment is localized for the first time.
0: Uh, didn't we get Sin and Punishment on sixty four? He
3: re-releases a few times. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we got Sin and Punishment. Oh, it was never. It um, was never localized
1: on N64. I guess it might have come okay. to like a virtual console or something later.
0: Maybe that's yeah. It, went on a uh, it was also
3: in the Wii U shop.
0: Okay. Yeah, maybe that's what I am thinking of. Uh, but kind of burying the lead here uh, for fucking Mario Kart sixty four. Fuck off. <laughs> um, uh, uh, we are. We, I will tell you this: we are all going to play um, Star Fox sixty four multiplayer. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds great. I mean, uh, honestly, I okay. would play.
1: But like, that's the thing: is like mar- having all these games online multiplayer is the real deal. Because I could play them all yeah. by myself at any time. But like Mario Kart 64 online sounds so fun.
0: Yeah. Um, in addition to uh, that, I think, kind of jumping that gun a little bit, but they show Banjo-Kazooie as a game that's coming mm-hmm. too. It's not going to come at launch. So that, it's that's, that's kind of cool. That's uh, cool that it's happening. Donkey Kong
1: 64 with that multiplayer <sighs> would be so fun. Can you play Donkey Kong
0: 64 with multiplayer?
1: Yeah. I barely remember I love the multiplayer in that. I don't... Uh, uh, that one don't really and Conquers by Verde were, like, the, the things I spent the most time that with. That one I do remember. Yeah.
0: I just want Diddy Kong Racing. Just give me Diddy Kong Racing, please. That's all I want. Just give me that game. You already... Could, if you could put Banjo on the fucking thing, give me Diddy Kong Racing. That's all I want. Yeah, it's Rare, best... like,
1: tweeted out that, like, they're so happy to see Banjo
0: on Nintendo again. And it's like... I love when people are friends.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Just fuck Mario Kart 64. That game is not as good. Diddy Kong Racing uses Superior Kart Racer on that console. Um, but bearing the lead, in addition to N64 games, Sega Genesis games are going to be playable as well. Sure. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I'm like, I just bought the fucking Genesis collection like two months ago for $15. Yep. Uh, but the benefit here though is that again it's gonna be easier to play online, so it's like fuck it, whatever. Um and also not all every single game on that collection's on gonna be on this service immediately, so best of both World worlds. Uh, Streets Day, they showed Streets of Rage two, Echo the Dolphin, um
1: Sonic Two,
0: uh, Sonic Two, Sonic One, of course, a couple of other Castlevania things. Castlevania bloodlines uh, still no rondo. <laughs> yeah, no well rondo's not Rondo was not on,
1: on the Genesis. I know, it's I'm just making a joke game. that it's another Castlevania game that's not Rondo.
0: Okay, yeah, well, fucking Sony. Uh, so for Nintendo 64 launching will be Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Star Wars 64, Yoshi's Story, ugh, uh, Ocarina of Time, Wingback, Covert Operations, I never heard of that one, Mario Tennis, Dr... why the fuck Dr. Mario 64, sure, whatever, and Sin and Punishment, so that's coming to the 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 64. For Sega Genesis, Castlevania Bloodlines, Contra Hardcore, Dr. Robot... it's basically... The first half of the second Genesis Mini, they got those ROMs. They're even using the background of the Genesis Mini Mm -hmm. for it. I find that so funny. Well, that's Um, like all the commercials and stuff for Genesis used that. Yeah. Um, And in addition, uh, they showed some games coming, like I said earlier, Banjo, but they also showed F-Zero, Majora's Mask, Pokemon Snap, Mario Golf, uh, Kirby 64, which I really want to play because I've never played that. Yes, it's so good. Mario, and of course... Uh, and, of course, Banjo-Kazooie, which we already talked about. Here is the kicker, though. Here is the fucking kicker. Uh, similar to both the NES release, NES update, and the Super Nintendo update, where they Nintendo le- said, we will sell you retro controllers in the NES style and the Super Nintendo style. In the same vein, uh, they are re-releasing a new version of both of the N64 collection. Don't... I'm gonna get to it. For, uh, for $50. But... For Sega... They are, for 50 fucking dollars, they are releasing the three-button original piece-of-shit controller. I'm going to tell you right now, you can buy from RetroBrit. That's the company. They are light. They licensed Sega to make... They made officially licensed Sega replica controllers. You can buy a six-button wired or unwired for not that much of a difference for, like, under 30 bucks. Do not fucking buy the uh, the three button piece of shit. Like it's not. What's funny is I'm pretty <laughs> sure
1: the official, like the Nintendo Direct Japan, and they got the six yeah. button. So same thing, like same game. I, I think it might be a different lineup, but like same service and everything. Yeah. They're getting the six button.
0: <laughs> like the six button controller is the infinitely better controller. The, the three button
3: Genesis controller sucks ass. It like, le- it's fine if you're playing like Sonic or Streets of Rage or something. But for fighting games like Street Fighter or uh, even holding Eternal it,
0: Champions, like then, even yeah. holding it, it sucks. Like I've ha- I have the mini, and it comes with the three button pad initially. Yeah. So I went out and bought the. Uh, hold on, where's my controller? I got I
1: think okay. I'm gonna have to get, uh, get that it. N64 one though, just because like it is so hard to
0: emulate N64 games oh, with an oh, so no. like Xbox controller. Yeah, nice. so. Yeah, look, this is buying right here. I got it off a of retro bit. I bought it for my Genesis. So you actually play this? You can actually play this on Switch. So, because it's, it's USB, nice. so you can play this on Switch. Um, it's twenty. You no, know, it's fifteen dollars. And I got mines in tra- translucent blue. They also have the traditional black. I'm not sponsored by them, but I would love to be, but I'm not. This is don't spend fifty bucks on that three button piece of shit, and don't spend any fucking import taxes on that Genesis on that uh, Japan one. Japan, wow. Japan, one. Sorry, um, I'm just talking very, very fast. Buy this one, Retro bit on Amazon, $15, 20 maybe thirty bucks for the uh, off. The, they they offer a wireless one as well. I just bought the wired because I wanted to feel more old school. Um, just, just do it. Just, yeah. ah, I will. I kind of want to buy the answer. Unless Marvel, you're a freak that such.
3: likes to play Mortal Kombat with three buttons.
0: Uh, yeah. <sighs> so yeah, that. Sorry, ranting aside. So. Um, next up we get like a trilogy of games that are coming out um, which I I don't remember any of these games but they looked interesting like the sci-fi horror game um, uh, or a sci- science fiction like uh, tactical shooter I guess um, I didn't really catch it but it was it looked cool but probably won't interest me uh, and of course the leaks prove real which we talked about earlier uh, the Castlevania advance collection is officially out uh, it shadow dropped the same day as the direct for 20 bucks. You can go get it right now. Uh, then we follow up with another fucking uh, shadow drop. Actraiser Renaissance gets announced. A full-on remake of the Actraiser game on Super Nintendo. And I really want to play this game. It's apparently it looks not so great. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've heard it is great. I've heard it isn't. I don't i have know. But it I like the style. It looks like a PSP game. And I say that in all the best possible way. Because PSP games had a style to them. Um...
1: This game should get uh, like a Vita drop, just just because it feels like it would belong
0: on that dead console. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's such a surprise thing to it, but I. It looks fun. I never played ActRaiser growing up, but I just bec- and I never downloaded an emulator because the whole concept of raising the town always seemed tedious. But it looks like they made some changes here to make it a little bit more fun. Um yeah, I I really wanna I kinda of wanna play it, but not immediately, but I wanna try it. Uh it looks cool. Um Alright, yeah, and it's out now. It's like thirty bucks, I think. Um and then uh <laughs> we get announcement of Deltarune, I think I pronounced that right. Uh yeah. chapters one and two I think chapter one's already on on Switch, it is. right? I think yeah, it's, already... it's been out for the last This year. is an update okay.
1: for the first one to add the second episode to it.
0: Okay, so yeah, Delta Rune Chapter Two. I think it's it's been out on PC for like almost a week now, and now it's coming to Nintendo Switch. So Chapter One and Chapter Two. Uh, if you're into Undertale, I still haven't been Undertale, so I like I this can't art style way more than Undertale's. Yeah, it's a prequel after all. Um, next up, we get this. I don't know. Uh, we get like a sizzle reel of stuff. I don't even know anymore. Um, Rune Factory Five gets announced. That's that's the thing. Okay. I, I'm I'm just kinda of bearing the lead because now it's time to talk about the Super Mario casting. So do We have to Miyamoto Probably. We have to, yeah. It's part of the direct. Okay. Mi Shigeru Miyamoto comes out and I immediately thought, Oh my god, they're gonna announce Donkey Kong 3D. They're gonna do it. They're gonna do it or, you know, some kind of non some kind of maybe Mario Odyssey two. No, it's about – and I, I and then they brought up the fact that Mario – the Mario Illumination movie is coming out. Like, oh shit, are we going to get a fucking trailer? No, we don't get a trailer. We get a fucking cast announcement. Um, and let's just say the internet fucking broke in half. So real quick, I just want to say through. I didn't notice when
1: Miyamoto comes out they have a, like a plastic shield between them. Like they were actually yeah, they're actually probably good, on huh? set at the same time and so they like put up a barrier. Like yeah. that's like that's really cool.
0: Yeah. Good for them. Um be careful. Yeah. Yeah, COVID isn't is running rampant. Well, COVID is running rampant everywhere, yeah. but especially in Japan. All right. So, casting. Chris Pratt aka Star Lord is Mario. Chris, that's what I said. Chris Pratt.
3: Yeah, no, a Crisp Rat.
0: Not what? <laughs> He's a Crisp like a burning Crisp rat. rat. Okay. Crisp rat. Whatever. Yeah. And Anya Taylor-Joy... Anya Taylor-Joy Taylor off of uh, The Queen's Gambit, because I did not recognize her with long hair, is Princess Peach. Which she could play um, a live-action so, okay.
1: Princess Peach. I just want to throw that out there. She could.
0: Yeah. Charlie fucking Day is Luigi. He's Luigi Mario, so that's... That's a really
3: good call, honestly.
1: I think the, he'd be yeah, better as Mario, uh, but, like, his casting is great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jack Black is fucking Bowser! Hell yeah,
1: let's go.
0: Jack Black is Bowser! Um, that's so fucking... Okay, I need to hear it. That's so cool. Keegan-Michael Keel is... Keegan-Michael Key is Toad, which, by the way, there's a video out there. That changed, that did the uh, substitute teacher voice from the Key and Keel It was Peel so kid. good. You uh, a- turned Ron! They 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 change the voice to make it sound like Toad and it fucking fits so fucking well. It's it's hilarious if you haven't seen it yet. You probably have, but you're probably gonna want to watch it again. So this is my reminder: you go watch it again. So there you go. Keegan Michael Key is playing Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong, which is actually I've perfect. said this on, fits. Yeah, I said this on numerous fucking streams. I'm gonna say it here. If he doesn't say, I want to shower you with coconut cream pie on the fucking movie. <laughs> I'm gonna say, what's the fucking point of casting Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong? Just what's the point? Um, reference to goddamn cartoon show. I'm not lewd. Um, and they, of course, they've already dubbed over his laugh over Donkey Kong cartoons. They did announce, though, that Charles Martinet would be playing cameos in the movie. So, uh, I've seen some speculation (laughs) on what people think he's gonna be, but that's cool that he's actually gonna be acknowledged in the movie. Um, I think it'll be, like,
1: it'll be a, because he actually has a really talented, like, range of voices. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was uh,
3: Shaq in uh, Shadow of Destiny. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, I think he'll he'll have some stuff in there, but probably his main will be some kind of cameo from, like, Wario, Waluigi, you know, something like that.
0: Yeah. Characters Uh, that they haven't announced, but... We have Kevin Michael Richardson, who's like the only like actual voice actor mm-hmm. on this, as Kamek. Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, specifically Cranky Kong, which, is great. which means we might get a which we might get a flashback to the whole barrel shit. And Sebastian Monticello as Spike, which I guess is from uh, like an other NES game that Mario was uh, in, Wrecking Crew. Uh, that I reckon, yeah, it Wrecking was his crew his uh, oh. boss in Wrecking Crew. There is Mario lore, okay. sir. Yeah. <laughs> So that's good. I this movie, I can't wait to see what the, they sound like because I don't think they're gonna sound like how they think we sound like. No. I don't think I'm, they should I'm, try. I'm curious. No, like Chris um, Pratt I'm, I'm, is I'm... gonna have to try to do
1: something different. He can't just be Chris right. Pratt. But I don't think they should try to be the video game voices.
0: No, no, yeah, he's gonna do something. Though. Yeah, who who knows? All right, uh, moving on. Uh, we got some Splatoon. We got some Splatoon three footage. Um, not much to go over it. Uh, they showed off some new weapons, uh, new arenas, um, and they didn't give a release date, but they did say twenty twenty two, and I'm guessing this is going to be their summer game. Like I would say, mm-hmm. May June 2022. The last few were next year. Yeah, I think they were both so That's Probably going to be the yeah the target release date. And they did show off some single player stuff about these ma- manimal manimals. I think that's what they call. That's what's going to be. Um single player's mammalian Yeah, mammalians, that's it. I just hope the single player is actually compelling compared to the first two games. Uh, Not the Octo Rock expansion, because I heard that was actually pretty cool. But the just the main game like story stuff is just not interesting at all to play through. I want to care about this universe,
1: but the the single player is just not engaging. It's just like bite sized versions of the multiplayer stuff that you play alone. So like It's just not as fun, right? I kind of want like an actual Splatoon adventure game, like yeah. It doesn't have to have multiplayer, but it's it's their multiplayer franchise, so it's all they're doing with it.
0: Well, maybe if this one's successful enough, they'll spin it. We'll, do it. we'll get a single player uh, Splatoon game adventure because it's definitely gr- it's definitely grown into like one of their more hit series um, that they definitely care about. So who knows? I a split Let's just say a Splatoon spinoff is definitely inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and we get some details into Splatoon 3, so it looks cool. Um, I'll, I'll play it. I own the other first two Splatoon games. Um, and then we close the show with the fucking biggest I fake out ever. Um, it's Shibuya 10... Uh, it, Japan is under attack. Uh, I think it's the 106. I think Shibuya 106... At first, I thought it was Astral Chain too, um, because um, right before you know who shows up, there is a particular dog mascot uh, that shows up um, that just points. I'm trying to find the location on the trailer, and I'm not having, I'm not finding it. Is that dog from um, Astral Chain? Like, is it just literally a troll? Yes moment? there there is a there is a dog it's like the it's like the police yeah. their mascot. And, like, when I saw... Because, like, I saw Platinum's logo. And I'm like, okay, this is a Platinum game. And I thought, is this Bayo 3? Is this Bayo 3? No. And then I saw the dog. And i went, like, oh, my God, it's Astral Chain 2! And it's not Astral Chain 2. It's our first official look at Bayonetta fucking 3. After, what? Hell, yeah, what? let's go. Four, Four years. Four fucking years. Three years? Four years. It was shown Four at years. Game Awards 2017. Right. The launch year of the Switch... We get our first look at Bayonetta. Okay, here it comes. I'm seeing, I'm looking at it right now. The dog shoots the pee into the back of the head, and then yeah, that's the exact same. Uh, that's the exact same mascot from uh, from Astral Chain. That's why I thought it was Astral Chain. Um, but no, it's Bayonetta with a completely different look than she had in, the, in either the first or second game. Um, um,
3: I would disagree with that because it's probably spoiler territory for Bayonetta One.
0: Don't Back say it. The, don't say oh, it. Fine. Don't say it. Uh, but
1: there's there's been does, speculation does, about like why she looks different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she it's a it's a redesign of her character for sure. Um, and it, her yeah, voice it looks cool. She seems like yeah, it looks chipper great. Chipper too, like more yeah, childlike almost. Yes. Uh, and we get, we actually get gameplay, and it looks to be running fucking amazingly. I, like, it's, it's... Especially with the stuff it happening. Looks great! Yeah, there's a lot happening, um... Like there's some nice cool. There's a lot of cool sequences. My favorite though is that, and they emphasize this in this in the second game. But there looks like to be more kaiju battles in this mm-hmm. one, and it looked like to be a lot more interactive. You have your own
1: monsters that you summon and use in combat. Like they were talking about uh, though. Yeah, it was like an interview where they went over the whole mechanic.
0: Yeah, uh, it it looks it looks fucking cool. It it's kind of very. I think you might have said this. Justin, I think you might have said this. It's very reminiscent of V from Devil May Cry Five where you're mm-hmm. summing familiars to whoop ass, but um I think you're still gonna be able to be interactive with, with Bayonetta. Uh it's and there's a it's just oh my god. It's I don't wanna say it was worth the wait, but fuck that whole trailer was awesome. Yeah, it's completely
3: Bayonetta as fuck.
0: Uh, although the frame rate did tank during that section well, where the monster's riding on the wall, but there's a lot of shit on screen at that point. The first two games Listen, didn't have consistent frame rate either. The fr- what are you talking about? The, PS3 version. the second one on Wii U ran fucking near perfect, and it ran even better on Switch. What are you talking about? Mm, didn't run perfect for me on Wii U. but The Switch Do version remember, might... One was yeah, no, Wii U went perfect for me.
1: Um, um, so there's there's a character tease at the very end, like in front of a red moon. Um, yeah. And my first thought was it was like Virgil or something, like a Double May Cry crossover. And I... No, you
0: would have seen the Capcom logo at that point.
1: True. But I looked around at what some other people thought, and it seems to either be a new character or um, some kind of like alternate version of Gene... Uh, um, who's, like, kind of the other main her, lady,
0: because... Her lover. Yeah. Just say it, her lover. Yeah, fair. Um,
1: I mean, Bayonetta doesn't like to be tied down, so, you
0: know. <laughs> I mean, like,
1: she was signed down to Jean. Um, I mean, she does I mean, like to sure. be tied down, Have but...
0: Have you Bayonetta too, brah? Yeah. Also, I could tell it wasn't Virgil because Virgil does not carry Yamato on his back. He carries Yamato at his side. But I mean it, it could be it like Virgil. if it's
1: a you know different era of like it he could be doing something different. No.
0: But it's Virgil's ego always at the same People side. tend
1: ego. to be of the mind that it's a female character just with, you know, the short haircut or whatever. But the cat on the sword was the main tease of it being Jean. Um, so I'm not sure why they felt the need to make this little tease at the end, aside from just getting people to speculate who it is.
0: But I think that's more so. That's why that, I was thinking yeah. it was some kind of like crossover character uh, to get people no, like excited. I don't think so. so I don't think so. I think it's just like setting up whoever this villain is, and obviously it's a different bayonetta than we last saw in two. Mm-hmm. Without getting into spoiler territory of like why this might be a different bayonetta, um, even the voice actress is different. Um, I thought that was the case. So who knows? Yeah, it's, uh, well, the voice, it's, it's different when you hear her talk and also the voice actress of Bayonetta kind of alluded to the fact that she might not be voicing Bayo. Mm-hmm. So, um, before like about a week before this trailer even dropped. So they ended the show with that. So there you go. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to call an audible guys cause we're running kind of long. Do y'all want to hold that topic that we talked about for next week? Table of discussion cause we're running kind of long. I don't care.
3: Uh, I'm fine with whatever.
0: All right, we're gonna t- we're gonna table that discussion because I feel like the direct was really the main focus of that. We'll hold it off for next. Yeah, that's week. Fair. You're not gonna know what it is. You're we're gonna see what it is next week. I mean, it's um, the title of this. Cause I... uh, is it? Yeah. Well, it's the title of the stream. So, well, well, I'll just I'll just change it to Nintendo Direct. Yeah, sure. When I upload it, so there you go. Um, so yeah, the the t- I apologize. We're not gonna talk about it this week. Uh, we'll talk about it next week just because we're running really long, and I'm kind of I'm kind of running on gas right, running out of gas right now. Uh, it's been a long day. Okay, um, so overall thoughts on the Nintendo Direct presentation? I thought
1: it was great. It was it was All one right. of those where there's Sorry. something for everyone. Um, I mean, it was not really focused on things coming out this winter because like we didn't even get no. like Pokemon or anything there. Um, and that's something coming out this winter. I don't know why they felt the need we'll to do pull. a deep dive into Metroid Dread when it comes out in, like, a week. Um, yeah. But, like, New Kirby, uh, Chocobo Racing, Bayo 3, like,
0: there was a lot of great announcements. Yeah, it and was... There's it was of hype shit here. Yeah. It it was, it was definitely cool. Although, like, I don't know why, I guess maybe it's the temper expectations to surprise people more, like coming out, like no, no Xenoblade Chronicles three. I think there was a lot of rumblings yeah. going around that this is going to be it, and this and it kind of made sense because I'm like, okay, if it wasn't going to come out at the end of this year, why wasn't it? Maybe it's not ready to be shown. You know, who knows? Maybe they got something. Maybe my speculation is that that game is going to be shown at the Game Awards. Um, mm, that like that, cool. that's going to be your like world premiere there. I can see that. Um, it's going to come out uh, sometime next year. So because um, those are like sometime in October, right? december dude is it oh yeah december. yeah december it's always december it's always christmas time um whenever it comes out all right um but i i agree the 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 uh, nintendo direct was it delivered way more than i thought it would and i got excited for things for things i didn't even think i was gonna get excited for mm-hmm. which is always a fun thing let's go final fantasy cart esports let's go i'm in all right when does struggle so, Ball Kart cart come out i forgot it said, like, 2022. I didn't, I don't remember an exact release. I don't know. It gave an exact release date. Uh, let me scroll through real quick. Because I was kind of hoping that was this year. I don't think nope, so. Nope, 2022. I, I, All right. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Um, so I apologize. We're not going to talk about the discussion, the, th- the the transition to 3D this time. We'll talk about We're going to shelve that for next week. Um, we're... Unless fucking Microsoft fucking drops something on <laughs> us. Who knows? They might. Anything's possible now. We're entering. We're literally about to enter into the fucking busiest gaming season in terms of releases that are come out, which is like, ah, stop it. Um, so there you go. Uh, Justin, where can the people find you? You can find me if you look for
1: Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, still streaming that good, good Four Swords Adventures on Thursday nights and i will hopefully have my um retrospective critique video thing on metroid zero mission out in the next week or so i'm definitely shooting to get it out before dread but i would like to have uh i'm i'm doing like a game at a time so i'd like to have zero mission out like with time to spare and then ideally get like the metroid 2 video out like the weekend of dread but i don't know if i can Work that quick.
3: <laughs> yeah, you got some time there, buddy.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, Tyler.
3: You can follow me on Twitter at heyitsthatty. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, uh, where I, where I review old ass fighting games on Tyre Shoes Reviews. So I am in the process of uh, making my next episode, which should be coming relatively soonish. I don't even fucking know these days.
0: Okay. <laughs> and you can find me at twitter.com slash Iggy for all things related to the marvelous, uh, marvelous one. And you can follow me at twitch.tv slash uh, Iggy2814. Uh, I announced this on my stream yesterday and by the time this episode goes live, it's the stream will not happen, so you can come and watch. This Sunday, on October, the... I get on my calendar. The 3rd at 6pm Central Standard Time. The runback is happening. Me versus Nero the Hero live it's, uh, as I just said, it's, uh, another first to ten. This time, it's Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. First to more ten. More uh, in addition to that, I will be starting the Halloween stream of either more than likely Resident Evil 2 Remake because nobody likes Jill Valentine, apparently. Fuck y'all. I do. Fuck y- every one of y'all who, except for Tyler, who didn't vote for Jill Valentine. Either way, I see how it Want to make me cry and suffer as I get hunted by liquors and... And Mr. X. I see how it is. I just think 2 is a better Ugh. game. But chill though. Anyways. Uh, next Sunday is going to be packed. You're going to get two shit for me next week. Uh, in addition, October is going to be filled with Resident Evil 2 Remake More Than Likely. Costume Quest. The Ghostbusters Remake. And Dead Space 3 with Thomas. So I have... that's Those are the games I'm going to be playing through the month. And if I hit my sub goal, which I will announce this Sunday... I will play Super Ghouls and Ghosts for a minimum of four and a half hours, no stops. Just That's how long my streams are, and normally you don't oh, want to play man. Super Ghouls and Ghosts for like more than an hour. Okay. So I have to play it for that. So if I hit the sub-minimum, which I will announce on Sunday, I will fucking play that game for you. And I'm thinking of doing another sub-minimum uh, for maybe a Castlevania game, if depending on how it goes. So... There you go. There's your incentive, baby. Uh, and of course, go to Churchill.com for all this content, including the episodes you're listening to right now. Um, go to, please listen to the Wrestling Watch Long. Me and Thomas uh, uploaded an episode on uh, WCW, uh, uh, Springside P1999, in which in case I gave birth to a Ho Kogan, which had Thomas in a fickle laugh of, uh, fickle state, like just laughter, pure laughter. Couldn't laugh, like he couldn't help himself. It was hilarious. I couldn't help but make myself laugh. Uh, also Cinema Shot uh, is still going strong we're nearing the end of the DC animated uh, cinematic universe and we're already thinking about what we're going to do next I know Tyler already has what he's going to put in the poll I'm still thinking about it because I'm kind of, I'm fluctuating all the time uh, of course go listen to the classics in Atomic Shot which I'm very proud of because that's my baby it's my baby it's go listen our to that baby. It's, it's our baby yes um, go listen to that as well and of course uh, go listen to this show uh, which is our flagship Uh, That is going to do it for this episode, folks. We'll be back next week. Um, But until next time, stay charged. You're going down low. Down low.